Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan and Kendrick Johnson. You know, we've uh, we've obviously got a lot on our plate at this time of year with the baseball and softball playoffs, but over the next few weeks, we have three other state meets, state tournaments, what have you, in the uh, in the non-standings-based sports. We have state track, we have state tennis, and we have state golf on the horizon. So you know what? What a better time than to preview all three of them. We know the <laughs> fe- what, what the fields look like. We know who's going to be bound for states. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk uh, three different parts. We're going to talk track, talk golf, talk tennis, and let's start on um, some track and field, guys. we got a uh, always a lively turnout as far as star <laughs> local media student-athletes bound for uh, for that state meet down in Austin. We can start over in 5A. As far as, like, actual teams that might have a shot at meddling or at least bringing home some sort of hardware, um, Kendrick, the McKinney North girls, obviously it helps to qualify all three of your relays, which they did. It helps to have one of the best distance runners in the state, which, they have. Um, so talk a bit about the Lady Bulldogs right now and kind of where they're at heading into the uh, into the state meet. And you leave it out, my girl, Coach Jessica Richardson, one of the best coaches. Well, she's not actually competing. She actually <laughs> yeah. but, but she's built the program. She's yeah, been a yeah. two-time coach of the year. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, these girls, it's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Like, last year was supposed to have been a rebuilding year, and they finished second in the state. So that's pretty soft for yeah. rebuilding year. <laughs> so that's half the, um, half the, uh, the part of the success. But, of course, you uh, mentioned um, London Cole. Worth five A, two time defending sixteen hundred and thirteen hundred meter champion. She hasn't had the time she usually has. She's had some mm-hmm. personal stuff going on. But at the end of the day, she's undefeated in three years of running. And a thing that makes her special, besides her competitiveness and her times, is when the race is close. You saw it firsthand. That last two hundred mm-hmm. meters, I find somebody after running two miles that can run with this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she has another gear and she can sprint. Like mm-hmm. she, um, she's done eight hundred sprints and. Mm-hmm. I think she focused on the 800. She probably could go on that. That's how fast mm-hmm. she is. She has natural speed, but since people don't have to see it that often, they don't know until it's like, um, I, I like to say, say it's like somebody like, um, the, uh, I know when you were in the area match, you saw the, the girl was with her. It's like her her mind wanted her to catch her, but her body wouldn't let her mm-hmm. do it. So she, she has that ability to do that to her. But fortunately for North, they're not a 180 team. You mentioned the sprint re- relays. I don't know where they get these kids at each year. Last year they had... Um, um, they grow them on trees. Two years ago, they had Matabuke. Yeah. Then last year, they had Janiah Martin. This year, they're running with a uh, new cast of characters. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my names in my head. Brooke Givens uh, is Brooke one of the yeah. yeah. She, uh, she go, go qualified in 200. She's this year's um, Janiah Martin. And she's a, a anchor on those relay teams, yep. which is going to be very, very pivotal. I don't want to leave out Daniel Nicholson. 
Nikayla Burdon and Kennedy Russell, they also contribute. And they have a very good cohesiveness where if somebody's not up to the par that day, somebody can pick them up. And that's what you need in the relays, especially when you run against those beasts there in 5A like the Lancaster. Oh, yeah. And if you're just going to make headway as far as just the overall team standings, you have to have multiple relays there. So to have all three there, that's definitely a big plus for North. And, and uh, you seen them, I haven't seen them run this year, but I know in years past, they have a unique ability to be calm under fighting. When they're in Gets going against stiff competition, saying that's when they're at their best. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you never noticed that. Like when they want to get head up against Lake Ridge when they were in um, 6A, I mean 5A now 6A, and when they went against Lancaster, some teams fold under that pressure. They do not. No, no. North has a has a history of coming through at the at the state meeting with London. You know that's kind of what I'm going to be fascinated just to see because you mentioned you know she's got she got a little bit little bit more competition at least as far as prior yeah. to getting to state this year. Um, you know Colleen Stegman with Frisco Reedy, who's she and London have been kind of neck and neck this postseason. They've raced each other four times um, at the air, twice at the area meet, twice at regionals. All four races were decided by less than a second, which that's not all too common to see another runner push London Colbert like that. And, you know, I got to see them, uh, you know, running the 3,200 at regionals, and Stegman led London, I want to say, after each of the first seven laps, maybe maybe six of the seven, something like that, but she was in control. And then, like you mentioned, though, London shifts gears though over that final uh, over that, uh, that final 400, and especially in the home stretch, just to barely pull away. And Another thing too, uh, it's what a lot of people don't realize she's added this to her game. She's very strategic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure you've seen them race more than once. They went in the same exact race, were they? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that much strategy goes into long distance. Ready? I mean, touch start covering her. <laughs> you're out there running for. I mean, 3200 for ten and a half minutes. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot that a lot can go through your head over the course of how to approach a race like that. The one thing will be though is that neither London Colbert or Colleen Stegman will come in with the top seed mark in either the 1600 or the 3200 because there's a girl there are a couple girls in Montgomery down a cross country powerhouse yes. yeah. for years I know, and years I, I know London I forget one of the name but London's beat her twice in mm-hmm. cross country yeah let's see so you have um, the girl in the 3200 that had the top uh, the top time at regionals across 5A was Allison Wilson and she ran a 103705 um, and that was what's it about 6-7 seconds faster than what uh, Culberth and, and Stegman ran and then in the uh, in the 1600 you had two two girls from Montgomery that had had the top two times at, at regionals. It was um, Wilson had the number two time, and then her teammate, Helena uh, Rahman, she ran a 4.56.67. Um, so who knows? I mean, if, <laughs> it's, it definitely adds another layer to the uh, to the upcoming yeah. state. I mean, now, to be fair, though, London does have a history of coming through at state. She yeah. PR'd in the 1600 last year, and she PR'd in the 3200 as a freshman. So. The, 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 like you said, that, that factor um, being big in state and the simple fact is she um, has a the, the ability to um, seize the moment and with it being two races in one day mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't done that she's done it last year in fact she had one specific she went for the record in the mile and finished like a couple seconds short and she just basically wanted to win the 32 so whatever she'll have a strategy for these girls who haven't been on this stage I think yeah. that's going to be a very significant part to, to the equation because the two races in one day especially yeah, yeah. I think about a lot of them qualified in both mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a telltale it'll be interesting because Montgomery like she didn't have to worry about Montgomery last 
last year. Montgomery was a 6A school last year, so just the, with them being down at 5A, this is the first time that she'll have gone head-to-head with uh, with these Montgomery powerhouses, at least at the uh, at the state level in 5A. So just another uh, interesting subplot heading into <laughs> heading into state this week down in Austin. Um, let's see, Devin. Obviously, uh, Mesquite ISD is never lacking in a strong turnout at the state track meet. Um, I know Poteet's got a pretty uh, pretty lively happening. So just talk a bit about the Pirates and kind of what their their state slate looks like. Yeah, you know, not as big of a, a contingent as they've had in, in years past. That uh, you know, if I win. Um, in the field of it's in both the discus and the shot put. This is going to be her third mm. straight year um, qualifying for state. The first time she's made it in both events, though. Uh, you know, it's going to take. Uh, it's one of those where it's going to take a personal record, a season, or certainly a season mm. best um, if she hopes to make the medal stand. But you know, she finished fourth. She finished just off the medal stand. Uh, you know, a year ago. So. Um, also for Poteet, and I think one of the more the athletes that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is, is Kendrick Smallwood uh, yeah. in the 110 hurdles. He's just a freshman. And, um, you know, he's a kid, though, that's been getting better and better as the season progressed. I mean, he finished fourth at the area meet. So you kind of look at that and you say, okay, he finishes fourth. He's going to have to beat these. He's got three kids that beat him here, plus the other area contender yeah. to, to take on in regionals. And he runs a personal record, um, 14.23 seconds, which isn't that far off of, of, of what uh, Terry Smith at Frisco Independence mm-hmm. ran. He came in with the best yeah. qual- uh, qualifying time at 13.98. But, you know, two-tenths of a second is still a pretty sizable gap. But the way he's improved all season long, you know, I, I – wouldn't shock me at all if he ran a, a, another personal best, and, and you know that's going to if he does that, it's going to put him right there in contention to to make the medal stand. And then one other at the five A level uh, athlete I'm watching is Kayla Ford uh, over at West Mesquite. Uh, she comes in with the third best qualifying time uh, in the four hundred, just a, a less than a second off of uh, the the top. Uh, top time, so she's got an excellent chance to make the medal stand. Yeah, I just made that just some like random list between five, eight, and six. Eight, just some different athletes to watch heading into the state track. I mean, you did mention Terry Smith, and that's yeah. obviously a name out of Frisco ISD to keep an eye on. The hurdler from uh, from Independence. He um, he won state in the three hundred hurdles last year. He's only been doing the one tens though this postseason, and he's been dominating. Um, you know, like I said, he comes in with a he you know ran a thirteen nine eight at regionals. He was the only runner um, across five eight to get a sub fourteen hundred a sub fourteen second, I should say, uh, time in the 110s. He'll be on that short list of athletes from our coverage area that can make a legit push towards a gold medal. And then you have, I mean, the, the Iron Woman of Class 5A, Missy Combongo <laughs> of uh, Frisco Liberty. She qualified in three events, which at the 5A level, that is no small feat. She's going to be competing in the 800, the 300 hurdles, and the high jump. She had really high seed marks in all three of them, so uh, yeah, she could be coming back home with uh, with multiple pieces of, uh, of hardware. And then, um, can't leave out the colonies Miles Price. Obviously, we're all familiar <laughs> with him for his exploits on the football field. One of the most dynamic uh, receivers, running backs. He was actually the uh, all-area MVP, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, wouldn't you know it, he's also a pretty dang good long jumper, too. He uh, <laughs> he had a uh, he had a PR regionals of a 24-3 and a quarter, number two seed mark in 5A, and he'll be making a run towards a, a possible medal at state later on this week. And, um, and then let's see, we can touch on some action in 6A because there's a lot of kids in 6A that, are, <laughs> that, could, uh, that could turn some, uh, turn some heads. Um, Kendrick, what is it with McKinney Boyd and just their ability just to feel these awesome mid-distance runners? It feels like every year they're solid in the 400, and yeah. sure enough, the 4x4 relays could be one of them. I mean, they could come back with a medal this week. Yeah, they, they said they won. Um, they beat um, Houston Einsauer, or I think they're Audi Einsauer, mm-hmm. and they said that they're like number three in the, in the state. They beat them by six seconds in, wow. in the regionals. 
So they got legit speed, um, led by I want to say bitch her name, Kalea Ali, mm-hmm. who also won the four hundred meters. Yep. So Pulling double duty. So yeah, so she's she's uh, somebody to look out for, and um, she follows the trend of the um, the two girls at Baylor. I didn't see them run. Oh, the Miller sisters. <laughs> Miller sisters. Yeah. So like you said, they just they find that knack. Leah and Alyssa, <laughs> yeah. And um and in this region, because you've seen the uh, regionals, it, this is not a, a, a shabby region. By oh, I wouldn't say it's faster than it usually is oh, yeah. this year. It's going to be somebody that's running legit time. You can win a, a team can have a, a I won't say a PR or whatever, but have their fastest time as a group and still not medal. Because it's a different landscape. Because so for a lot of like the McKinney Boyds and the Plano ISDs, they competed in Region One last year, where it's that region is probably a bit stronger in the distance events. Yeah. Whereas for the sprints, you know, Region Two between what you saw with yeah. uh, some of those Klein schools and the Houston area. I mean, they got yeah, some people can go. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, we just mentioned um, you know those distance events and uh, Flyer Mountain's got a couple. Uh, Flyer Mountain's always strong in the oh, distance yeah. races. It feels like and Louisville too. The, mm-hmm. the, the Louisville ISDs. Yeah. In yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so you have like freshman Natalie Cook with Flyer Mountain. You know, she uh, ran the second fastest thirty. 200 time at a regional. She's going to be, I believe, competing in both the 3200 and the 1600. She'll be in action plus some um, senior Alex Mayer. Um, you know, he was one of only two runners to post a sub 910 time in the 3200 at regionals. Those two should be on the radar as far as potential medalists in that region of the uh, of the Metroplex. Um, Plano East has uh, been a nice little resurgence for the Plano East track program this year. This year. They've got uh, three total qualifiers, two on the boys' side, plus a relay on the uh, on the girls' side. Um, you know, Tyler Owens, we've talked about him in the past, you know, another player who's, you know, his 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 A sport is football, but his uh, he's a pretty good, pretty solid sprinter too. One of the fastest kids in Texas. He's been tearing it up in the hundred all year long. He um, he won it at regionals, ran a ten thirty five. Um, he's gotten under ten thirty before, so obviously still a little room of improvement. Oh, but he's um, against that kid from Houston. Well, he's going to be, yeah, and that's why I mean <laughs> the, the one hundred meter dash in any track event is kind of the glamour race of the entire thing, just because it it legit is the title of the fastest man in the in the state, state more or less, and it's taking on even more notoriety this year. Because, like you mentioned, there's a kid. It's so weird looking at that uh, at that run sheet and seeing a sub 10 second time <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the 100 meter dash. And, and he yeah. made it look easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, here's the nickname. They, they said this on ESPN. They call him White Lightning. Yeah. Matthew Bowling out of Houston Strake Jesuit is the uh, is the on paper favorite heading into this race. One of the yeah. great sprinters to ever yeah, pass through the state. Yeah. What was that? The fastest was the. Yeah, right, actually, so he ran a 9.9. Non wind aided. And that is well, a. Uh, it was it was wind but it was that's the fastest. It was, un- it was under no clocked t- timed in high school for, for high school. Oh, yes. it was wind I thought it was under the limit. No, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Matthew Bowling is. Uh, yeah. He's going to kind of be the. Uh, a lot of people in attendance just to see that kid race. Show, yeah. So yeah, Tyler Owens will have to. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a mental equation that comes into that too, with all of the attention focused on that one yeah, race yeah. because of of one kid. Just being able to psych yourself up, you know, being able to handle that mentally. And um, yeah, I mean, yes. Owens is. He's got a. I want to say his seed time was fourth. I want to say from regionals, but he's. Like I guess said he's run a ten point two nine, so he can get up there into that medal reach if he shaves off. Um, you know, uh, as far as talking to him, I mean, you talk about. Like we were mentioning the uh, the 1600 and the 3200, how you can approach a race like that, you know, so differently from event to event. I think it's even tougher to do it for a race like the 100, where you're just out there for 10 seconds essentially. Yeah. But well, what do you think of the mentality? Is like like you see that guy mm-hmm. from Straight Jesuit posting sub 10. It's like you need your personal best just to compete. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, just to compete. It is the London <laughs> it is the London cold breath syndrome right there. Where yeah, your PR is that just might be another day in the office for uh, for for Matthew Bowling. But um, that, you know, definitely. 
plus Tyler Rowland's one of uh, one of several area athletes who could conceivably come away with a medal. Same for Jalen Anderson, who um, is a uh, another standout from the Plano East football team. If you've ever seen him, uh, his exploits at receiver, one of the best jump ball pass catchers in the. Uh, I saw the against Plano East, but catch they played uh, McKinney. Mm-hmm. Is the best catch I've seen at MIT Stadium. Shout out to him, one-handed catch. I can go. It's um so the high jump this year, and I just like to always compare. Like, what was it like? What, what was your time like? Where or your distance? What would have stacked up last year? Last year at um at state in six A, the winning high jump was six ten. Only one guy cleared it. This year of the nine qualifiers, five of them cleared five. Oh, wow. <laughs> got got up to six ten at regionals. Wow. Um, so that's yeah, Jalen Anderson, one of yeah. I mean, he's part of a very very very. Crowded field of guys who could uh, who could uh, who could vie for a for a state championship this week. I mean, just to clear six ten, that seems <laughs> insane. God, I'm just like looking up and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're essentially clearing the equivalent of like an NBA power forward at that point. That's that is nuts. But no, yeah. I mean, you've seen Jalen Anderson <laughs> on the fo- Jalen Anderson on the football field. You know, he's a freak athlete and one of the best jumpers out there. So yeah, to see that success translate to the uh, to the track is, is no surprise. But yeah, it's going to be tough because lots of guys were uh, lots of PRs accrued at regionals across that uh, across that slit. I'm guessing, and then you've got the uh, the Plano East girls four by two hundred relay, which I was out at wa- out of down in Waco for um, for regionals. This was this race was a true photo finish between yeah. Allen, Plano East, and uh, in Mesquite, yeah. where uh, we're four hundredths of a second separated first from third wow. place. The order of finish was uh, was Plano East, uh, Allen, and uh, in Mesquite. Obviously, got, all three are going to qualify. The alternate, yeah, yeah. When they're uh, when they're that close, or was it mosquito? Or was it was it horn? It was mosquito. Okay, and then um, so yeah, all three qualified, and all three should very well be in the mix for yeah, for a medal this week. Um, obviously, yeah, plenty still though on the on the mosquito side of things. I know Caleb Boger's going to be pretty busy out there. Just talking a bit about the uh, the skeeters and the and the jaguars. Yeah, you know, it's my area um, has produced a lot of great sprinters in yeah. recent years, and and not just sprinters that made it to state. Mm-hmm. These are these sprinters that competed and won medals. Um, you know, don't have quite the prohibitive favorite like you did last year with the Kaylor Harris mm-hmm. and whatnot, but there are certain, certainly contenders and, 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 and athletes that are certainly capable of making the medal stand. You mentioned Caleb Boger. Mm-hmm. He's one of those. You know, he had one of the fastest times in the state in the 100 over the course of the season, and then ran, you know he didn't qualify in that race. I don't know if it was a slip or a mm-hmm. slow start or what, but he ran three-tenths of a second off of, of his season best, which yeah. was just kind of off for him. But to his credit, he bounced back uh, to, to qualify in the 200. He's also part of that 4x200 uh, along with Cavan Roberts, uh, Robert Davis, and Keneal Cooper. Uh, they're within a second uh, of the top qualifying time. So so Caleb has a chance to medal in a couple sports. Uh, Latasia Jackson uh, for Horn. Uh, she's a, a past gold medalist in the relays, but uh, she's going to be flying solo this year. Uh, she's got a chance in both the 200 and the 400. And that Mesquite Girls 4x200 in the race that you just mentioned uh, coming in uh, on the Trying to, we're going to try with this name: Inilua, <laughs> Subaru, Cassandra, Njoku, uh, Amaya Brown, and Jennifer Godfrey. Mm-hmm. Three of those girls made it to Austin last year, so they have experience. Okay. Um, and I think they can kind of call them that experience. You know, they were right there at regionals. Um, I think they're they're very capable of making the medal stand. I don't know if anybody can catch DeSoto, uh, who I believe has the fastest time in the nation, and they're about two seconds faster than the second best qualifying oh, time coming into this race. But in, but in a relay, I mean, how many times have you seen it at the Olympics over the years? The U.S. the U.S. is the you know unquestioned favorite, and they drop the baton. Yep. So anything can happen in a relay, but. Um, <coughs> 
And then a couple of, of events that uh, my area is not necessarily known for. Uh, Jacoby Jones qualified in the pole vault. Um, okay. And I, I'm, I have my GISD folk looking into it. If he's the first Garland ISD athlete to ever qualify in the pole vault. And not only did he qualify, he cleared 16 feet, which ties him for second in, in terms of marks coming in. Okay. And the, and the uh, I guess, the quote-unquote favorite cleared 16-3. So not only is Jacoby Jones heading to Austin, but maybe for the first GISD athlete ever, he's got a great chance to win a medal. Wow. So uh, we'll see what happens yeah, there. Yeah. And then the Rowlett 4x400 um, relay, Jared Wesley, uh, Lance Canyon, Jerry Evans, and Brody Sismic, uh, 313.78, um, puts them among the top uh, qualifying times. DeSoto, again. Um, with the best time, but they, they're within a second. Yeah. So this is a Rowlett team that's run against strong competition all season long. Uh, the coach told me, you know, at the beginning of the season that, hey, keep an eye on our 4x4 because four four, they're, they're going to Austin and they're going to win a medal. So they, they yeah. certainly put themselves in position to do so. He's calling a shot early he, on. Yeah. He did. He did. <laughs> I, I've seen them play football, so yeah, if yeah. they find with patch and helmets on, I don't even want to see them on the track. Yeah. Jerry Evans is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one more name just to keep an eye on, at least heading into the 6A portion of the uh, the state meet, Prosper Freshman Aubrey O'Connell. Watch out for her in the 1600s. She uh, she won the district meet. She was second in the area to, um, I believe, Ashlyn Hilliard of Plano. And, but then she just dominates at, at regionals, and she runs a 4.54.17. That was the top regional time overall in 5A and 6A. Um, yeah, at regionals, and just uh, we, just something about just young distance runners breaking in, and really just kind of I don't know the I don't know what we attribute it to, but you have like I said mentioned Natalie Cook, a freshman over at Fireman, you had London Culbreth, Colleen Stegman, these runners that break into these distance races at an early age and immediately take to it and just begin dominating from the word go. I'm not really sure what to attribute it to. It might be a nice story idea, I think of it. <laughs> right? But nevertheless, um, yeah, just a, a few of the athletes on the uh, on the star local media radar heading into the uh, into the State track, uh, state track meet this weekend. Always a, always a lively occasion down in Austin for our schools. Um, still got a couple other sports on the radar, including uh, some tennis and some golf. Um, not entirely sure which one we'll do next, but nevertheless, one of those sports <laughs> is coming up soon. We're going to do a line change, and uh, yeah, we'll pick things up in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here at Liberty High School with Nisi Kabongo, who's headed back to state for the fourth time uh, in her high school career. Nisi, this is just a, another walk in the park for you, huh? Yep, just another walk in the park. <laughs> so what, what, what's this feeling like, your big senior year, uh, and you're going in three events. I'll ask you about that here in a second. <laughs> what's it like uh, to be headed back to state for your fourth and final year here at Liberty? Well, it feels good because, honestly, it's just like I worked so hard to get up to this point. So now it's kind of like an expectation for me to make it because I've gone every single year. So it's kind of something I expected of myself already. So how do you keep that motivation? You know, when you go as a freshman, you go as a sophomore, and you, you're going every year. Yeah. At such a young age, how do you how do you stay motivated uh, going into your senior year? Well, as the years progress, you start to get a little bit more comfortable with being in that position and competing at that higher level. So it just kind of becomes a part of like who I am as an athlete, and then that work ethic just becomes like instilled into every day of what I do. Now you have a new event that yes. you're headed to at state. Before it was the 800 meters and the high jump. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'll ask you about the high jump here in, in a bit, but you know you added the the 300 hurdles. Uh, to your repertoire, and you you finished first at regionals, uh, and you're headed to state in that. How did you 
get going into that? Where, where, what made you decide to, hey, I'm gonna you know, really, really compete at that one and add that uh, to, to the list as well? Well, oh, at regionals, I finished second. Second, yeah. sorry, no, sorry. No, you're good, you're good. But, um, so I actually competed in the heptathlon in the summertime and that required me to run 100 meter hurdles. And I always knew that I had like the endurance and the stamina. I was like, no, let me just try 300 meter hurdles and see if it works out. If it does, it does, and if it doesn't, it does. And it worked out, so. <laughs> now that's gutsy because there's another girl in Frisco that's that's her event and she's really good at that as well, Simone Watkins uh, from Frisco. Now y'all, are y'all buddies, y'all rivals? Is, was there, what, what's that like competing against her it's on like the track? It's like friendly rivalry, I guess you can call it. Cause we're both very cool with each other. We're both friends and it's cordial, so it's nothing. We both support each other. So when one does better than the other, it's just mutual. So. Now, so what's that gonna be like y'all both heading down to state and competing in the, in the same event? Honestly, I think that we're probably just gonna be the same exact energy, but we're going to have a goal focused in mind. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good competition. Now, back in February, you held the brief record of the high jump, at least in the state. Uh, of you jumped a 510. Yes, uh, last year you jumped a 57, which is you still have the school record here, obviously, here at Liberty. How did you elevate that from a 57 to 510? What did you do, you know, going from your junior year to senior year to get to improve in that department? Honestly, I feel like, well, for last season, last season for me personally wasn't the best season I've ever had. So I came into the season more motivated. We hit the weight room more. And honestly, I think it's just time because I grew more as an athlete and just developed more. So I think that played a big part in it. Now, knowing you have that record right now, uh, the top high jump mark out of any classification, is that a little bit more pressure? Or are you you kind of, <laughs> you have something to prove? Or you're, you a lot really. of confidence? Or It's like it puts you on a high slope. And I think I'm going to ride off of that because it's like, okay, I got this. You know, like I'm already in there in that mindset that I'm physically capable of competing at that level again and again. Now, if you weren't competing in these track and field events, what sport would you be playing? Honestly, hmm, that's an interesting question. I don't know, because I tried playing basketball. I did not like basketball at all. So I'd probably be in, hmm, I don't know. Interesting question. What did you play growing up? I honestly didn't start playing sports until seventh grade, which is kind of weird. Like I just started doing track when I was in seventh grade and then I was like, I ended up being good at it and I found my thing. What got you into track? What made I you... was like, I'm really athletic, but I don't know what to do with myself because I'm not coordinated. I'm not good at dancing, can't do anything else but run. So then I started running and I was like, huh, kind of fast. So <laughs> Track and field was perfect for you. Yeah, it was. What athletes, uh, professional athletes, do you look up to and why? I love Lolo Jones and um, specifically like Sydney McLaughlin too, a lot because they are very well-rounded individuals. They're talented. They're both so pretty, love that about them. And also the fact that they stay, like they stick to their morals and they're not afraid to like share their beliefs with everybody else. Now, lastly, earlier this year, you signed to SFA, yes. correct? So you're heading there obviously for track. Uh, what are your kind of your college goals now that it's, it's you know approaching here just around the corner? Well, honestly, Heading into college, like August, September, I just want to stay in shape. And then from there, I'm just trusting my coach because I already have a very good relationship with him. And we're kind of like on the same mindset um, as to what goals we have moving forward. Now, what would it mean to take some some gold medal hardware, you know, hitting <laughs> your senior year headed into that college? That feels so good, like having um, state medals going into my college season. That feel really good. Thanks again to Nisi Kabongo for taking the time to chat with Brian for our Student Athlete Spotlight. And um, for this, we will shift gears from uh, from track to talking some tennis. Uh, for this portion of the podcast, we got Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. As we transition from a sport where we had kids in pretty much every single market that we cover to uh, a sport where I think we have four high schools represented, so it should be a little bit easier to sift through uh, this in advance of the state tennis tournament, which takes place, I believe, next week mm -hmm. down in College Station at Texas a 
A&M. Um, yeah, we got kids from uh, a, a couple from Plano ISD, from Marcus, from Little Elm. Uh, some kids that have uh, certainly uh, won't be any stranger to uh, to the happenings down at uh, down at State Tennis, including on your end, Brian, uh, Little Elm's own Alajim once again headed to state, third year in a row, yeah. and so pretty consistent. She, <laughs> she told me a couple weeks ago when I met with her and Coach Ross, she was like, "I really didn't think I was going to make it this year." Mm-hmm. You know, they in their uh, their regional semifinal game, she got you know blown out of the water. She blew everyone out at the regional tournament up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to a girl from Colleyville Heritage, I believe. I'm, I can't remember her name now. And then, so they still had to play a third place game, and then in hopes of a playback. Mm-hmm. But when they the, the tournament was in Lubbock, so they had to you know do the whole hotel thing and all that stuff. So uh, when her and, and Coach Roth and you know the rest of her crew went to the hotel that night, you know they told me they're like, "Yep, yeah, it, it was a fun run." They were already at peace with it, the oh, fact no. that she wasn't going to make it to state, <laughs> and she comes back the next day, blows this girl out of the water, and. Coach Ross said, you know, when he saw, uh, you know, Allie dominate, he, he went over to the other match to see, you know, if the girl they needed to win mm-hmm. was, was going to win. And he, you know, she, she won. So then he comes back over to the court and he, he just had this, this big, uh, big smile on his face. And she saw and he, he told her and she was ecstatic and then played the playback match and just dominated the playback. And what do you know? Ali Zim headed back to state for uh, for the third year in a row. I mean, you should know at this point that she's she can come through on that stage when pressed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's enough precedent. So, um, so yeah, I guess what is um what does her her draw kind of look like now as she uh, makes her uh, return trip to, to College Station? Uh, she's got to worry about some Highland Park folks. Uh, I believe it's Ugh. two of them. I don't have their names in front of me, but Coach Roth told me it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a pair of Highland Park kids. So mm-hmm. of course it is. Yeah, because I because when I was you know looking to see okay how many kids do we get out of you know out of our markets. And I check Region 2 and 5A, and I should think, okay, maybe we got a Frisco kid get there. I mean, Frisco's always got some pretty solid tennis players. And then, oh, yeah, they're in the same region as Highland Park, and nobody beats Highland Park in anything regarding tennis. I want to say, when I checked the bracket... It goes back to my days of a high school tennis player. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. (laughs) Highland Park would dominate uh, Southlake in high school. It's just one of those sports that, you know, the Highland Park is just always good at. Those country club sports, man. Oh, yeah. But I want to say, I think, uh, so at the Region 2 5A tennis tournament, there were were 10 possible... indoor facilities they have. Mm -hmm. There were uh, there were ten possible qualifier spots available at the Region Two tournament. Five, you know, first, second place mm-hmm. across the five divisions. I want to say eight of them yeah. were won by Highland Park. That sounds kids. about right. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. that is outside of like like as we make a huge deal about like Allen wrestling having a stranglehold over its sport. Like if there is anything else like that right now in Texas, it's Highland Park tennis. I mean, that is just it is death taxes in them just running roughshod over a. Uh, over the 5A tennis landscape. It's impressive. So, uh, yeah, so Ali Jim, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see what she can do, man. Maybe call upon that experience after, you know, third time's a charm and whatnot. One name to watch for in the coming years okay. in in uh, the Frisco tennis landscape, uh, Nathan Cern of Lebanon Trail, only a freshman. Uh, he finished third in uh, boys' doubles. Uh, boys' singles, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, not he's, didn't, he's not going to state, but, you know, really promising you know, for uh, the young freshman there at Lebanon Trail. Whereas um, Ali Jean making her third trip to state, the same goes for a couple of kids at Plano West who are bound for uh, 
for state. Uh, Caden Mortgat and Emma Jenner, they qualify as, uh, as mixed doubles their first year together teaming up in mixed doubles. This was a, um, it was a team that when the, uh, you know, when head coach Morgan Walker sent me the draws for the district tournament, you're just looking to see, okay, who's, who's paired up with who, who's playing in what, uh, you know, in what brackets. And then you get over to mixed doubles and you see Caden and Emma and this first thing that pops into mind is like, oh boy, that's, that's a team that can make a run. You know, Planet West taking the, you know, the number one, it's number one boys player, it's number one girls player, and just throwing them out there together, seeing what happens. And, and they've just, I mean, they beat the brakes off everyone, be it at district, be it at regionals, um, lots and lots of straight set victories. Um, and the thing is, I mean, they're, you know, two terrific individual talents, but, you know, they, uh, they mesh very well together as a team. And you kind of got to see uh, them versus another team that was kind of in a similar situation in the regional final at the Region 2 tournament when they play, um, you know, a couple kids from Round Rock Westwood. Westwood, which won state in the fall, they took their top boys singles player and their top girls singles player, put them together in mixed doubles, threw them out there, and um, Planet West beat them 6-3 two times, uh, two times out. Um, so just seeing what the, uh, yeah, that, that chemistry between Morcat and Jenner really, really humming right now. And plus, like, those two have a lot of experience at this stage. Like I said at the start of this, this is each of them making their third straight trip to state. You know, uh, Jenner, she actually won state last year in girls' doubles, teaming with Plano West's uh, JoJo Ty. And then the year before, um, when she was at McKinney Boyd as only a sophomore, she was the state runner-up in girls' singles. And with Cade Mortgat, he's been a, um, he's been a, a state semifinalist in boys doubles these past two years so lots and lots of experience that alone you know should pay dividends you would think um, just looking over the rest of the field um, again I, you had district champions coming out of humble Kingwood uh, South Lake Carroll Austin Westlake I know at least just going off those scores the Kingwood and Westlake teams just rolled through their respective regional fields um, but you know the strength of these regions can vary you know region 2 5a which region 2 6a I should say was um, at least during the fall was I mean that was as loaded a region as there was in the state. It, so getting out of that region in the spring, it means something, you know, to survive that. So we'll see what Morgat and Jenner can do. Um, you know, on paper, they, uh, I mean, you can make a case they're the favorites going into this thing, so we'll see what happens. And then, um, and then you've got a team over at Plano Senior, which had to take a very, very different path to get there. Um, let's see, uh, out of the, uh, let's see, boys doubles, Edward Steen and Herman Aguirre. Um, you know, these guys literally had to scrape and claw to get out of, uh, out of Region 2. They, you know, they lose in the, uh, in the semifinals to the eventual regional champ out of, uh, out of Vandegrift in a, in a good fight. They gave them a good match mm-hmm. um, in a, uh, you know, that went three sets, you know, um, uh, Steen and Aguirre, who are the runners-up in um, in District uh, District Nine Six Eight, the district tournament. So, you know, taking a regional champion the distance like that, you know, shows promise. But then they have to turn around and um, you know play a third-place match against two of their own teammates, Andrew and Benjamin McDonald, who defeated them at the district tournament. And this match, you know, it goes to a third set. They split the first two sets, seven-six. Um, the McDonald's brothers, though, on um, Benjamin, I want to say it was was having a battle through a bit of a back injury that um in the third set it just was it was too much um you know Steen and Aguirre were up three games to zip um before the McDonald's have to retire due to this back injury to Benjamin so um so yeah Edward and Herman advance and um but they uh, they make good on that opportunity to get the playback chance and then they win in three sets against a Cypress Ranch team to uh, to punch their first ever ticket to state so 
um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a look at what's uh, what's in store for Plano Senior and Plano West. Um, Steen and the Gary they draw a, a team out of Austin Bowie, the uh, regional champs out of Region Four. Uh, Stephen Doe, Riley O'Connor. Not gonna act like I have any sort of backstory <laughs> on what those bring to the table, but uh, nevertheless, yeah, no, we'll see. Got to get there first, son. Um, and they've at least accomplished that much. So uh, nevertheless, yes, teams from Plano and Plano West bound for state. Uh, Justin, I could round this out with a look at uh, was it Marcus has a Marcus, has a kid yeah. headed to state. So you guys have your players that are making multiple return trips. Ryan Mockett from Marcus is making his debut. He's a junior. Mm-hmm. He's actually the first Marcus boys Marcus player to ever make state in boys singles. So pretty cool little trick there for Ryan. Wow. Um, he finished as the runner-up at the regional regional one tournament to Amarillo Tescos's Avery Zavala. Um, obviously, so they're on opposite sides of the draw. So, um, you know, Ryan was pretty motivated. He lost in the first round of the district tournament last year to a a player from Southlake that ended up making the regional finals. So um, he was pretty motivated coming back for his junior year and Mm -hmm. gets it done. Um, He'll get Garrett Skelly of Conroe the Woodlands. It's a player that he actually played earlier in the year, and he said he was pretty competitive in that match so he uh, knows a few things a couple different little strategies and he's mm-hmm. going to try to use in this second match with Skelly and um, just kind of looking at the rec- rest of the bracket um, when talking to Ryan he said he's played every opponent at the state of tournament except for one and the one player he hasn't played actually is kind of the, the guy he knows the best kind of on a personal yeah. level so he's plenty familiar with what he's going to be seeing down there he's um, ranked sixth in the state you know among all classifications so um talking to Ryan, you know, his goal is to get to the semifinals and then see what he can do there, do from there, but he definitely wants to get out of that first round, get yeah. to the semifinals, and see if he could work his way onto the podium somehow. Yeah. We've still got uh, one more uh, one more springtime sport to discuss. We'll, um, well, actually, I'll get out of here because nobody needs to hear me try and talk about golf. Um, we'll do a quick uh, one little line change, bring Taylor Raglan in to helm the last part of the podcast and talk some state golf in just a bit. Welcome back to the last section of this uh, this preview podcast for some of the uh, the individual sports this spring. I've swapped in for Matt Welch here with Justin and Brian. Uh, we're going to talk some golf. We're going to hit the links a little bit for the last section of uh, today's podcast. Um, I know Louisville ISD has some some schools and some individuals. Plano uh, has some schools and individuals and McKinney Boyd girls. Um, I know there's there's Frisco teams as oh, always yeah. and individuals and all that good stuff. So uh, JT, I guess we can start on your end of things. I know you have two teams making a couple yeah. of first appearances in six A mm-hmm. and. and a couple of individuals as well. Yeah, so we have the Flower Mound girls team moving mm-hmm. on, and then we have an individual from Hebron moving on in the girls, and then it flips over on the boys where Hebron's boys team qualified and Flower Mound has an individual. So, uh, well, I guess we can start with the boys. Um, like you said, first time making it to state in the 6A ranks for Hebron's boys golf team. They're coming in as the uh, Region 1, 6A Region 1 champions. They beat Southlake Carroll by six strokes. They put up a team score of 5.77. So they're playing pretty well under coach Terry Campbell. Um, it's a pretty pretty deep team. You have a you know Greg So won the district championship. Then June Park comes around and wins comes back and wins the regional championship. So mm-hmm. they've had two different players win the district and the regional tournaments. Um, Derek Hamilton shot well at regionals. He finished tied for nineteenth. Christian Cardell tied for twenty thirty second. They actually only recorded four scores because they had a disqualify disqualification wow. in the first round. So. They didn't even get to quote-unquote... They needed everybody, yeah. yeah. They didn't get to quote-unquote throw out their worst score because it was a DQ, <laughs> and they still cruised to the championship. So um, the Hebron boys are playing pretty well. They've gone out to... I should say gone down to Legacy down mm-hmm. there in Georgetown and have gotten to see the course for the state preview earlier and played pretty well. So 
they seem to be pretty confident heading down there. And obviously, um, in the past, you know, teams that come out of Region 1 has typically fared pretty well down there in Georgetown. So uh, individually, you have Flower Mounds, Andrew Zobel. He's a St. Edward signee. He finished in a tie for fourth at the... Uh, Regional tournament shot 72 and 69, so he'll be making his first appearance down there at state also. Yeah. Just keep rolling with the girls here. Sure, man. Okay, so sure. Sticking with Flower Mound, their girls finished second at regionals. They were 22 shots behind uh, regional champ Southlake. They shot 618. Uh, pretty veteran team here, um, obviously making their debut, but they have three signees Lauren Crystal, she's going to UT Tyler. Piper Frisbee's Texas Wesleyan and Kate Dishman is SFA, so kind of spread around um, East Texas there a little bit. But um, I know they're pretty excited. They were right in the hunt for that, um, re- uh, right there for that regional championship with Southlake after uh, winning the district title, 6 right. a So pretty confident. And then I wanted to round out talking about Jenny Park from Hebron. Pretty cool story here. She's a TCU signee. So she's the first LISD player to ever make it to the state golf tournament all four years. She made it yeah. She made it as a freshman, as a member of the team, and she finished third individually and got the bronze medal there. She was only um, two strokes off of first place, or three strokes off of first place as a freshman, qualifies as a sophomore individually, finishes a tie for 15th, qualifies individually as a junior, finishes third again, so she has two medals already. Right. So she needed to win a playoff in district to get to regionals, she did that. She gets to regionals, she finishes tied for first, loses the playoff, but finishes Doesn't second. matter. So still, yeah. Yeah, still, still goes anyway. She lost to and T- Trinity King of Arlington Martin, who's also a TCU signee. So there was two mm-hmm. TCU Uh-oh. players battling it out for the regional title there. But um, I know Coach Terry Campbell was very excited for Jenny to get to go back four years in a row, four state, and see if maybe she can improve on those two bronze medals and maybe get up to silver or gold this season absolutely from your teams it sounds like you know i, I mean what it takes to succeed in golf every year is is definitely a team where everybody's kind of chipping in and, and everybody's able to pick up a little bit of the slack um you know mckinney boyd certainly has that they had the misfortune of, of being in a district with plano west uh girls at least this mm-hmm. year um you know which i'll get to in a little bit but mckinney boyd girls runner up uh district 96a Really good tournament. I think uh, head coach Denise Haschel said that it was their best two-day score ever. They just got beat by Plano West, who, mm-hmm. again, I'll get into their their dominance here in a minute. Um, and in third place at the regional tournament, so McKinney Boyd making another trip to state. Um, really just kind of, you know. Made, made it last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, an overall team effort for the Lady Broncos because they got, I believe, one score of, of 75, and then everybody else was either an 81 or an 82. Wow. So it doesn't always take, you know, everybody shooting, um, you know, in the, yeah. in the mid-70s to low 70s to get somewhere as long as you have everybody kind of being consistent and mm-hmm. and, and um, you know carding scores and you're able to take four scores that are all right around 80 you know you're going to have a shot uh, obviously a deeper field you know it stayed in a more talented field and, and probably will have to step it up a little bit um, as evidenced by taking third you know just at regionals but you know still another good year for McKinney Boyd but you know as I mentioned they share a, a district with a really really stout uh, Plano West team. Um, they've just absolutely cut a swath through uh, the 6-8 postseason thus far. District champions uh, team and individual with Michelle Zhang. Regional champions as a team in a one-day event. Um, at, uh, you know, you were talking about Hebron. What they shoot at, at District 577 or at Regionals? Yeah. You're talking about how good that score was, but West at the District 96A event, the girls went out and shot 566. <laughs> 
So yeah. they are unbelievable. They were they really benefited from uh, Michelle Zhang, who I mentioned that one district, uh, Ashley Lou and Milena, uh, Barrientos all moved in um, before this you know this spring and this season. I believe two moved in in the fall and one in the spring or, or something like that. And they added to um, you know Ellie Roth and Ali Toyos who were here before to make you know their group of five is really really good really stout and and it really doesn't matter who's on or who's off 66 is low yeah it really doesn't matter who's on or who's off they're gonna have four really good scores so you say 556 566 Jeez. yeah they they won district by i think it was 29 strokes over mckinney boyd something like that which i mean you shoot that well it's it's not surprising but i mean even the wait what is the 6a region one was only 598 yeah what did boyd shoot under 600 uh, oh well, yeah, and I mean five sixty six plus twenty nine. And they didn't really that Yeah, that's yeah, absurd. Absolutely, know. but yeah. So uh, the expectation for Plano West has to be that that they have the ability to go down the state and and win. I mean, if they play yeah, their sounds, best, sounds like the favorite. They play their best round. They play their best. You know, four scores. Um, they get contributions, like I said, from those three newcomers this season. Man, it, it, it's really hard to see how they're not in contention for, for that team title and maybe an individual title as well. Um, they would be their first team title in history on the girls' side. The boys have done it. Uh, the boys have had some individual champions and all that good stuff, but this will be the first for the girls. So definitely the team to watch as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, also some individuals. Um, PISD, uh, Matt Comegas, I think is how you say his name. I'm sorry for Plano West was the only boy. Um, uh, to make it for Point West, the boys' team did not make it after winning District 96A. They were bounced in the regional event, uh, but Matt will make it. I believe he's a freshman, so a pretty good season for him. Going to be a cool experience to go down there and, and play. Um, and then Megan Winans, you know Libby Winans. I remember uh, talking to you guys this time last year. Swept all the way through the postseason. One state as a senior. Uh, now at Oklahoma, and her little sister, a sophomore, is is right there, um, headed to state as well. Um, then I know there's also uh, Haley Moore, I believe, from Prosper. So some individuals, but. The the real story from Plano ISD is is Plano West, and if they can convert some of that momentum they've built um, through a dominant postseason to uh, their first ever first ever team championship. Another team looking for their first ever team championship, <laughs> a team that's been around for literally three years, uh, yeah. Lebanon Trail. Uh, they win, they blow out uh, the region. Uh, uh, two 5A tournament. Uh, they win by 30 strokes. They, they shoot a 625. Uh, their best players are a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman. Um, and those three players all finish in the top seven individually as well. Olivia Mitchell, she finished number two. Madison Fung, who's only a sophomore, she finished fifth. Uh, and then Ryan Coe, a freshman, has come in here. Uh, she's been kind of a, not to say missing link, but just an added asset to an already loaded team. A team that was in 4A last year with just freshmen and and uh, sophomores, they finished state runner-up behind Powerhouse Andrews, and now they make this leap to 5A, you know, against the likes of the Highland Parks, all the Frisco teams, you know, Liberty and Centennial are in that mix uh, in the state tournament every year uh, on the girls' side, and Lebanon Trail just comes in and wins the district, wins the region, have three uh, three players and finish in the top seven. Uh, also, Gabby Betancourt, a Frisco Centennial, she wins uh, individually. She beats uh, Olivia Mitchell by two strokes uh, to place first and uh, qualify for state uh, as well. And something interesting uh, about the uh, the team. Uh, well, I'm going to go over the boys' side now because you know, Lebanon Trail beat uh, Highland Park by 30 strokes. On the boys' side, the top two finishers were both two Highland Park teams. Highland Park Blue, <laughs> Highland Park Gold. That'll happen. Uh, they shoot a 569 and a 588, but Frisco Wakeland, they finish right behind them, and they qualify for state uh, right there on the boys' side. So you have a straight qualifier uh, on the boys for, with Frisco Wakeland, uh, state qualifier with Lebanon Trail. Lebanon Trail 
easily one of the favorites uh, to get the job done if they uh, if they can you know shoot you know do what they did at regionals maybe maybe uh, best that just by a little bit they'll be you know a front runner for to medal for sure at the state tournament without any seniors uh, on the roster which is pretty yeah, scary absolutely those tournaments come up I believe Monday and Tuesday the girls um, 13th and 14th I believe are the mm-hmm. dates and the boys are the following week uh, the 20th and the 21st sounds like you know all of us could have some teams some individuals make yeah. some runs uh, at the podium some medals maybe some championships we'll see um, not sure we'll have you know any podcast devoted to that but definitely check out starwalkmedia.com we'll have recaps results um, features if, if any of our teams especially if they do well and, and wind up on the podium all that good stuff but that'll do it for this edition of the Starwalk Media uh, High School Sports Podcast talking a little individual sports and all that good stuff so uh, check in with starwalkmedia.com and we will talk to you soon on the podcast looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.